Dog Bless You is all about celebrating the love we have for our dogs, which is why I cannot think of a better sponsor for the podcast than our friends at Button Up Box. As well as delivering fresh, healthy meals for dogs that are made with 60% meat, 40% vegetables and lentils, and absolutely no nasties, Button Up Box also genuinely cares about all dogs and their humans. In fact, everything they do is for the love of dogs. And our listeners can fetch 50% off their first two Button Up Boxes by visiting buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou. That's buttonupbox.com slash dogblessyou to get 50% off your first two boxes. Thank you so very, very much to Button Up Box. Hello and welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. Today on Dog Bless You is the second part of my conversation with Mark Abraham, aka Mark the Vet. And we continue with Mark pointing out why people have turned to illegal means of getting a dog. It's also worth noting that sometimes people are told they can't rescue a dog. And I've definitely known examples where people have gone, well, do you know what? If if you're not going to let me have a dog, because... I can't prove that a dog walker is going to be coming in when I'm at work and all those sort of things. And again, it is sometimes from some of the biggest organisations that I'm hearing these yeah. reports. <laughs> then people will go, well, I, I tried. So I'll get a, go and get a puppy online instead, you know. We have um, a lot of people who adopt from us who've been turned away from the bigger mm. rescues in this country because they don't have a garden or you yeah. know, they work all day, or they've got children under the age of 12 or 14. And we're, we're working with, in an incredible project, which is called Don't You Want Me, which is with the LGBTQ community, who, who often are not allowed to adopt or rescue dogs from these major charities. And- For what reason? Um, either because they don't live, they live in hostels or they, don't have a permanent home potentially or have moved around a lot or are constantly moving due to sort of having from maybe have had issues with drugs or alcohol I mean like anyone in our lives you may could be talking about you or me you know I drink (laughs) um you know it's sort of it's been very difficult for that community to adopt dogs so we've working on this amazing project called don't you want me because we all know the benefits of having a dog in our life especially for our mental well-being our mental health growing up as a child i mean i was lucky enough to be surrounded by dogs and it it teaches us all so much about love and and loss and 
to be physical because you know kids these days just sit in front of screens and you know they've lost that ability to to touch and to to feel and to be responsible and to love and unconditionally love something and and uh, an animal and just to take I don't know that there you know I don't have to tell you the, the benefits of having animals in our lives and you know very sadly as you quite rightly say a lot of these big charities will not adopt out to certain people I mean we do and we do it responsibly and just because you have children under the age of uh, I don't know five or six you can't have a dog or you because you live in rented accommodation we still provide a dog as long as we get obviously a approval note from yeah, permission, um, yeah. permission. And, and also a wild at heart foundation dog is always the responsibility of the foundation so we have aftercare forever and if you ever have an issue with your dog we rehome that dog so you know we take care of it's a lifetime of uh, yeah, that dog's lifetime guarantee but a lot of charities don't do that they support you maybe for six months and then you're on your own and then yeah. if your circumstances do change and of course that's something else we need to be concerned worried concerned about is a lot of people's circumstances are changing because of the pandemic and it's mm -hmm. so easy to get a dog from anywhere a breeder illegally or not you know there's no home check particularly at least we make sure the right dog goes to the right home yeah you carefully match because the last thing you want is dogs coming back into rescue again yes Two points on that. Firstly, um, I work quite closely with a rescue near where I live called Raystead, um, which is Sussex-based, yeah. and they have such a low number of dogs being returned back because they spend so much time and care, you know, correctly matching um, prospective dog owners with their rescue dogs. And it blows my mind sometimes the, 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 uh, the levels of care people go to especially the behaviorists there and the kennel staff yes. to make sure that dog has the lowest possible chance of coming yeah. back in again and um it's amazing to see it when it's done brilliantly another point i wanted to make is that which most people probably don't know about is the fostering network you know there's a lovely website now called foster first and that gives people the opportunity to maybe try what it's like to have a dog or a cat yeah. there's, there's all sorts of animals on there and not if they don't like it, give it back. But there's, it's just a temporary. And obviously, most people end up being failed fosterers, which is a great expression, <laughs> and actually keep, keep keeping that animal. But it gives, it gives, it just gives people that um, that sense of lower a level of commitment that they end up having the dog anyway, or, or, the, yeah. or the pet anyway. So I think fostering is is a really exciting way forward as well. And it means that the dogs aren't in those. Uh, concrete and caged sort of pens 24-7 they're actually in people's houses instead and yeah. that's the thing that frustrates me about the rescue some of, some of the reasons that you hear I mean obviously you have to have enough money to have a pet but if you work full-time you can't have a pet it's mental because how else are you meant to afford it um, yeah. so it's, it's all, all about finding that compromise and to, to suggest that the dogs are better off in a concrete caged, caged pen than at home uh, in a nice warm house with a dog walker coming in because yeah. the owner's at work is insane and, it, and it's it says more about them than it does about anything else sorry it's not prioritizing animal welfare and do you do have a dog mark not yet i just I'm, i can barely look after myself because of all the the campaign but it's literally non-stop 
it's non-stop. But I've promised myself when we get this over the line and we raise the minimum import age to six months, that my, my kind of prize is going to be rescuing, I think, a, a greyhound. I, have, right. I just I just love sighthounds. I love borzois and whippets and greyhounds. Um, but there's just something about the fact that they've been so abused um, that they just deserve, yeah, deserve a nice life. And I'd love to give one a, or two a nice life. You know, I live in Brighton. I've got the beautiful Sussex countryside, the downs, yeah. beaches, uh, woodlands. And I just I get so jealous of um, people with dogs. So that will be my next campaign, if you like, is to, is to adopt a rescue greyhound. Yeah. Well, there and there's and there are so many incredible charities yeah. working with greyhounds, and especially in Spain. I mean, the the cruelty to greyhounds when they've finished their purpose is. Yeah, the greyhounds and the the, the hunting dogs, the galgos is. The galgos I mean, and pedentos. We don't have to describe how they kill them, but it's it's one of the most horrific things I've ever heard. But there's a there's a great campaign group called Greyhound Compassion, yeah. which I urge all listeners to 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 sort of Google and get involved with, and they not only are um, campaigning to ban greyhound racing in the UK, which I definitely support, um, um, but also they, they do import a lot of the rescue dogs, the galgos from Spain, oh, which make yeah. amazing, amazing pets, family pets over here. Yeah. And we've also got to, um, whilst we're talking about greyhounds, the amount of greyhounds that are shipped out to China yeah. um, to spend what's left of their lives racing and then being used in the dog meat trade. Yeah. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, everywhere you, can you, down, look. you can go down a rabbit hole and just end up, doesn't usually take very long, a few clicks, just the most horrific practices, not just, uh, not just in other countries, but here too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we can, but going back to what we originally said, everyone can play a part in ending cruelty and raising awareness. And we can. And we should. And, and Mark, how can we support you in your latest campaign to ban illegal import of young puppies what can anyone listening so to ban the legal import of young legal. puppies because because remember that provides very generously the template for illegal yeah. puppy imports because it's this motherless selling of pups that really can't be identified um, by their age um, there's, a, there's a government e-petition, it's like my middle name now, um, and it's on the government website and it's to ban the exploitative import of young puppies um, into the UK and that's really easily found. It's almost, well it's around 130,000 signatures at the moment. So we've, we've, beat, we've done the 100,000, that was achieved in about six weeks. You get six months to do it, um, but the yeah, more signatures amazing. means more um, pressure on government um, to finally change this. And just, all it is is an increase in 11 weeks, from 15 weeks to 26 weeks for the minimum age of puppy import. That in itself would make such a massive difference. Um, we're hopeful, you know, we have a, a very good dialogue going on with government, and number 10, and we're hopeful that we can see this through. Um, and um, yeah, so people can get involved, they can sign the petition, they can share the petition. The petition ends on 27th of December, so plenty of time. Um, and um, and also go to the AppDog website. So that's apdawg.co.uk. That's the parliamentary group. And I, I write a monthly newsletter. And on that newsletter is all the animal-related petitions that are currently live and all the other campaigns that people are starting. So appdog.co.uk, completely free. 
um, and you can actually just stay in touch with what's going on in the sort of parliament campaigning world and all the people. And it's amazing because every, every month there's another petition that someone started uh, to try and change something. And, you know, petitions are great as long as they're the government ones. The changes.org don't tend to result in a government debate or a debate in Westminster. The, the government ones, there's 100,000 signatures. It pretty much guarantees a debate. And not only do they guarantee a debate, which could potentially lead to law change, but they raise awareness every time you sign and share it. So government e-petitions are, are, are really probably the best tools out there for grassroots campaigning. Amazing. Well, we will certainly, certainly encourage everyone to sign a petition, to go online and to support you in every and any way we can. It's also worth noting, this is a little tip for wannabe campaigners, that because we don't have the networks that some of those big organisations have to share stuff, you have to sort of beg, well, beg it feels like sometimes. So I'd like to, you know, thank the Mirror, who've become our media partner again for the Band Puppy Imports campaign. Um, they've been incredible and in doing, you know, stories and raising awareness, obviously, in the paper. Um, you've got Pets for Homes, who've shared it a few times. You've got ViaVet, the online vet pharmacy, who've shared yeah. it. Agria, yeah. Pet Insurance, who've shared it. Um, but interestingly, RSPCA have now shared it on their networks, and, they, and they're fully back in the campaign. So it is this teamwork, uh, you know, and you know, behind the scenes, we've not only got my, if you like, my uh, lobbying team, so Cariad and Julia Carr and Sarah Clover and these, these experts on, on the legislation, um, Emily Reese as well, she's a trade, trade advisor in Brussels, uh, Edie Bowles from Advocates for Animals. There's some incredible people working behind the scenes on, on the policy side. And then on the PR side, we've got, you know, Charlotte and Chloe and Emma, um, Lucy, unbelievably named, who started the actual yeah. petition. You know, Lucy Parkinson, yeah. just, a, just a girl up north, didn't like what she saw about the Love Island stuff, started the petition. So we've got the PR side of things, which is kind of the awareness side. And you've got the policy side with the, the trade deal experts and the barristers as well. And to be and Paula Sparks as well from the Association of Lawyers for Animal Welfare. Um, all these coming together, and that's what I love about campaigning, it's, it's providing the sort of glue to, to bring all these people together so you're ticking every single box about a grassroots campaign, from what's appearing in the media and on telly um, to what's going on behind the scenes and advising the government with new policy that's, that's practical and workable and will work, you know, will, will be uh, effective. So it's a lot going on behind the scenes, which yeah. a lot of people don't often, not well, necessarily appreciate, but would, would, would know that was happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's an amazing team effort. And it always is, has been. Congratulations, Mark. And really for everything that you're doing around the world for animal welfare and for making people more aware and, and just, do you know what, for your passion and compassion and kindness and Thanks. it's just doing are. what's right really it's just it's just doing what's right and not giving up i know but people don't do what's right <laughs> there's two quotes also i know we mentioned quotes before but there's two that i want to um just just highlight really one was actually used in um joe biden's speech the other night and it was uh, it was the martin luther king quote yeah. which is the um the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice and that's a really nice one especially when you're in it for the long yeah. haul of a campaign 
because you kind of know that the further it goes, the more likely um, justice is going to happen. And the other one is one of my favourites for campaigners as well, which is a Dalai Lama quote, which is, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. Um, and for <laughs> me, that's, it just, that just sums it up so, so well, because we can all do before. something, whether it's retweeting something to setting up a whole campaign. We can, or, or, or a petition, we can all do something and there's really no excuse. If you, if you feel passionately enough about something, then do something to try and change it. Otherwise, don't moan or complain or finger point. There's a lot of that going on at the moment as well. I know. I, I, listen, I hear you. That's why I set up the chat, my foundation, because, and why I make myself read and look at things that literally shatter my heart on a daily basis. But... I, I need to know and I want to know so that I can make a difference. And for me, that's the most important thing. And if I save one life, then that's great. But if I can work towards saving 600 million stray dogs in our world, then, you know, that's my goal. And, uh, and, and to make, just, just to make awareness, to, to raise awareness of, the situations in our world and as you say it's not just about animal welfare for dogs it's you know i'm vegan it's it's the animal welfare throughout yeah we've all got a responsibility i think i mean i'm i'm plant-based now and it's a great feeling because you go to bed at night with a clear conscience you know nothing has to die literally nothing has to die for you to have a meal that you're yeah. never going to remember a clean conscience is a good thing you know, and I, and I think that, you know, we, we can choose not to. Don't, none of us have to eat meat. We choose to, or we can choose not to. And I think it's making that choice. And, and it's unsurprising that more and more people are making that choice. I mean, the alternatives now to meat and to milk are phenomenal. I mean, I'm lucky I live in Brighton. Uh, we are yeah. sport down here. But, you know, you can go weeks, months, years, your whole life without being responsible for an animal's death. And I think as an animal lover, I'm quite proud of that. Um, so yeah, there's something that we can all do, not just campaigning wise, as you say, but also in our, in our lifestyle to end, help end animal cruelty. Yes, and we all need to. So whatever little we can do, we should do. But I encourage people to support your petition to go online and also to buy Lucy's Law, the book, because I think that's the most fabulous story and it's, life-changing it would and make Mark, a, a great christmas present for all it'll make a great lovers. christmas present <laughs> and an even better christmas present sign that petition share yeah. it with your friends and get yeah. everyone on board and stop this extraordinary deluge of young puppies coming into our country and um i salute you mark for all the work that you do and maybe um Maybe I feel like I could talk to you for hours, so maybe um, you'd come back again in a yeah, few months. Yeah, of course, I'd be delighted to. And, it's, and, and I'd also say, of course, thanks for inviting me on, but also thanks to all the people that have signed and shared the petitions that we've done in the last decade, because yeah. it's all helped. It's all helped. Even if a petition doesn't achieve what you think it's going to achieve, the briefings that are sent into MPs when that debate happens, that's all information that can then be mined and then go to the next level yeah. and that's that's what was interesting with the lucy's law campaign when i look back is that so many times i thought 
that hasn't happened or why has that not happened or that's been blocked but it all formed part of that arc as we as we mentioned before towards justice and um, sometimes things aren't obvious for another two or three years why they happened but you've just got to keep on going you've got to keep your mission statement very very simple always see puppy interacting with its mum in the place it was born or rescue um, and you've just got to get as many people around you like-minded um, that can help you achieve the goal and at the end of the day it's incredible what uh, coalitions of people and public and celebrities and, and everyone working together for that same goal, like we did with Lucy's Law, um, can and has achieved. Yes, well, we can all learn from you and that's an extraordinary thing. And honestly, you just, you're, you're never going to give up. I can see that. I can literally. <laughs> you, I love your passion. And if, everyone in the world has your passion and commitment and dedication we really truly would be living in a different world and one day um you can make that happen it's all up to you now mark yeah Thank yeah you. no pressure right <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no i'm proud i'm proud to, oh. i'm proud to be in a community an animal welfare community that has uh, achieved you know legislative change and awareness change and, and is is genuinely saving and protecting the lives of so many animals not just now but uh, well into the future there's still loads of work to go you know lucy's law was always the first step in ending yeah. puppy farming um but i'd rather have a first step um than nothing happens at all and exactly. we can we can just keep building and keep building and keep this uh, community of passionate animal welfare campaigners whether you're just on twitter or facebook or instagram but everyone as we've said multiple times now can play a part uh, in protecting the lives of the most vulnerable, in this case, animals. But anyone, anyone can be protected. Anything can be protected. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have a think about it. There's, there's often campaigns already set up that people can just sort of latch onto and help promote. Um, but everyone has their own skill set that can extend the reach of a campaign. And um, I recommend getting involved because it's a, as much as the 98% of the, the stress of campaigning and, and the, the difficulty, the two percent is that is a million times worth it i i'm and, sure i'm sure i just i just leave you're gonna get this. involved my, my my one of my best favorite moments of the lucy's law campaign was actually after the campaign when i helped um source the prime minister um get his rescue dog uh, prime minister and, and carry his fiance dylan and yeah. when i mean that was that's uh, all in the book all in the book uh, so <laughs> no spoilers but i will say that um when we handed Dylan over to, to the Prime Minister in the garden, and I said, I said to Boris, because I had a few spare ones of these, I said to Boris, would you mind putting the Lucy Soros down? <laughs> and and he said, yeah, of course, no problem at all. And Dylan was running around with the rosette on, and Carrie had her rosette on. And that moment for a grassroots campaigner who had no idea about politics to be with the Prime Minister putting his rosette on his lapel supporting that campaign plus a rescue dog and now we've got one in the white house but we we beat them to it a rescue dog yeah. in number 10 was one of the most overwhelming moments of my life yeah. because it, yeah. it just tied up so many things in one place and dylan's doing well and he really is flying the flag for rescue dogs and lucy's law in the uk and i just I couldn't ask for more than that well, I mean, and that's extraordinary because, you know, we need to, we also need to fly the flag for rescue dogs and that, you know, Joe Biden's got, we've got two rescue dogs in the White House <laughs> now. 
thank the Lord. And, um, and we have a rescue dog here with Boris. So it's brilliant. Why, it's really brilliant. Why, why do people always want, I mean, this is one last question for you that I always find quite surprising is that everyone has to have like the dog of the moment when we as individuals all strive to be different the way we look the way we dress the way we what car we drive the house we live in you know everything about us we strive for individuality but we all want the same goddamn dog well when a lot of it's down to celebrity endorsement obviously a lot of it's down to aesthetics you know there's been countless studies on brachycephalics, you know, the, the pugs and the, and the, the French bulldogs, the yeah. short-nosed dogs, looking like more like children, perhaps, and with big eyes and flatter faces. Right. So the, the, the motives and the drivers and the triggers for certain breeds, uh, the fact that cockapoos are, are well known for being the best family dogs. However, where they come from is, uh, is um, the scale of the spectrum of the, the responsibility of the breeder is unbelievable, from the most responsible health testing ones to the... Uh, the puppy farm so it's all down to research as we all know um, yeah. and it's all down to being prepared to wait for a responsibly bred dog or of course to consider a rescue. rescue or foster yeah there you a go. rescue or foster and uh, and, it, yeah. and it's also off, off the back of that and this is another reason <laughs> Dylan was so so important was because Dylan also <laughs> promoted the fact that there were rescue dogs rescue puppies in rescue people think it's yeah. just old dogs with problems it's not yeah. there's 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 puppies there's there's breeding dogs uh, sorry there's, there's uh, pregnant dogs giving birth to puppies in rescue but there's also dogs because people have got allergies or the owners have died or they've gone into temporary accommodation so there's many many reasons for dogs being rescued and and my my final promise my final little uh, tip uh, which was a lovely expression that i heard once um, is the rescue dogs are kind of they're called plug-in pets just ready to go they're they're neutered they're chipped they're vaccinated they're behaviorally assessed and they're ready to go as a pet they're a plug-in pet and i love that because it's <laughs> i've not again i've not heard that before and they're, 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 yeah. they're way cheaper than a puppy is advertised oh on the God. internet right now <laughs> way cheaper yeah. i mean our, our dogs that came came from bulgaria at the weekend you know it's it's they're 450 pounds They've been all been in foster to, um, they're vaccinated, they're neutered, they've all been in foster so that they're house trained and we know that they're either good or not good with children or other dogs and all, all of those things. Um, and they are ready, like you say, they're ready to go. Um, but that's 450 pounds and that's the cost of the journey. So, I mean, that's really good value. It's often a way of um, distinguishing a rescue a genuine bona fide rescue uh, to a dog that's called a rescue that isn't. Now in the UK it's unlawful to pretend um, to be a rescue and sell commercially and the way that, that that's uh, found out is by the business test which is performed by the local authority. Basically either you're for profit or you're not. It's actually quite easy and happened way before Lucy's Law was ever talked about. Uh, but coming from abroad that's the biggest clue. So 450 it's an adoption fee. It comes with all this stuff. Whereas a dog coming from abroad that's 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 pounds and called a rescue is definitely not a rescue. So it's all down to research and uh and, ju and just please be patient i mean the this time of year the worst time to get a puppy in my opinion because obviously the christmas market plus pandemic 
Um, yeah. So my advice is to wait into the new year and, and, and really consider supporting your local rescue shelter. Thank you. Or, or, or responsible, so responsible um, overseas rescue, yeah. Yeah. which are unaffected by the petition or any new laws. Right. Well, that's good to hear. There's Ronnie. Am I looking over my shoulder? He's my Romanian. Hello. That's my beautiful Ronnie. Um, and, you know, we have to also allay that, which I find infuriating, um, that, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, no, I don't want to rescue because they're damaged. I mean, a rescue dog is no more damaged than you or I or a pedigree dog. And a, and a puppy coming in from a Russian puppy farm with distemper, parvo, a deformed skull and epilepsy and no white blood cells, as in the case of Mr. Chai, the Pomeranian that was imported legally, is also damaged. So unless you know the full provenance of that dog, whether it's rescue or puppy, um, you, you won't know if that dog's damaged or not. But you can assume it is if it's a puppy. Not most, people assume, most people assume that if they're buying a dog and they're paying £2,000 or whatever it is for their dog, yeah. it's not going to so, no, there's a lot of perceived value. You know, the more expensive yeah. something is, the better it must be quality-wise. Uh, forget that. It's usually the opposite. Yeah. With, with regard opposite. to dogs, yeah. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you. And like I say, I'm sure I could spend days talking to you. And yeah. one, day, one day I can't get to meet you. <laughs> it's fun chatting, and, yeah. Uh, it's been fun. And, and honestly, congratulations to you and everything you are and all that you do for animal welfare thank you as i say team effort always a team effort i'm very very proud and privileged to be part of that team um and the more we can achieve to help all animals not just dogs um the better it is for everyone really especially them especially them yeah. thank you mark and, uh, and good luck Anytime. with everything and thank you we're here to support you and i hope we'll speak soon me too really enjoyed it So that's our show for today. If you liked today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tibbles. The music by Mike Hansen. And if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wildatheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon.